on this episode of the Perspective Podcast, I am joined by my cousin, Chris Hall. Um, on this episode here, we discuss um, early beginnings, family ties, uh, being a alum of Peabody and Gremlin, and also the importance of therapy and counseling, not just in the youth, but in adults today. Uh, we also discuss best practices and uh, we introduced this game called Tempo. Um, this episode, it did go uh, a bit long, so I broke this one up into two parts. So uh, without further ado, this is uh, Perspective with, cous- with Cousin and Counselor Chico. <laughs> this is episode seven, and without further ado, here we are. episode of the Perspective Podcast. I am your host, I go by Marty Lee, aka Marty Manziel. This is the Perspective Podcast episode number seven, episode seven right here. And we're going to call this one uh, Perspective with Counselor Chico. And Counselor Chico. Yeah. Counselor Chico, that's what we got. Ladies and gentlemen, I have my cousin. This is going to be a very special episode tonight. I have one of my cousins here in the house tonight. I have Chico on the line with me. Chico, what's up? What's good, cousin? Yeah, yeah, man. Ain't too much, man. Just, uh, uh, just quarantine, I guess. I guess that's the word. Um, quarantine 2020. That's what we're going to call it. Quarantine 2020. I, I love that right there. Well, I don't, but you get the box. <laughs> So, so how you been? How you been, man? I, I know it's been uh, some things going on, but how you been doing? Oh, I'm way better now compared to where I was. Yeah, so it, it's it's good. Uh, I'm tired of the quarantine, but I understand the quarantine, yeah. and it is needed. And I wish most people would take it serious, but hey, to each his own. You can't make everybody believe, right? Nope. Yeah, man. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Chico is a cousin of mine, uh, first cousin of mine. Um, shit, as long as we've been rolling, you you would think that we were a couple a couple years apart, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, <laughs> nonetheless, it's not a couple years; it's some years. <laughs> <laughs> it's still it's some years. It's some years uh, apart <laughs> for sure. But nonetheless, we still gonna have a good time, and we gonna uh, enjoy this episode here. So, uh, cousin Chico, also known as cousin Chris, for uh, the friends that do listen and know you for sure, this is cousin Chris, aka Chico. Um, just give us a little, just give us a little introduction, man. Tell us about, tell us about yourself, where you from, and then we'll get into uh, some family ties here. Okay, well, born and raised Louisiana, boy, so. I moved around a lot when I was little, you know, Mansfield, Opelousas, back to Alexandria. And then I went to uh, Peabody. Everybody know where Peabody is, hopefully. Uh, but after I graduated from Peabody, I went to Grambling, the, the greatest university in, in the United States. <laughs> the Grambling State University, uh, home of the Tigers. Uh, and so... Uh, while there, I played Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity, which is the only fraternity in the nation, in the universe, and all others. Uh, so, yo, Noop. But um, after graduating from Grambling, I moved to Houston, Texas uh, for seven years. Uh, so I worked out there for a while through uh, juvenile probation psychiatric uh, facilities, group homes, uh, what else I worked at? Uh, I think that was it. Then I moved back to Alexandria, uh, which I think it was, it, it was, uh, it wasn't my choice, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, 
like God, like, like God works in mysterious ways. That's 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 all I'm gonna say. God works in mysterious ways, and He has a hell of a sense of humor. Cause Lord, but uh, <laughs> but you know, unfortunately, I I got laid off uh, in Texas and was a little bit unemployed for a year and almost a half, and uh, a blessing happened in Ellick. You know, they offered me a job via phone. Uh, so I moved back home and it, it was a, it was an adjustment, but hey, uh, it's home. Uh, right. and thing about Alexandria is it, you can always adjust. You know, I, I lived in the city. Now I'm back in the country city. Uh, so it's, it, it, it have its moments. Uh, while back at home, uh, I started, I started my podcast three years ago. No, going on four now. Four. Yeah, four. Yeah. Four, four years ago. ago. Four years ago. She goes, reality. It's come on Thursdays, uh, on Facebook Live and on SoundCloud. Uh, mm-hmm. But we talk about relationships, dating, uh, politics, politics, and cultural issues between, you know, different cultures, uh, black, white, Asian, yada, yada. Uh, and we cover some myths on, you know, what people think of black people. And we discuss <laughs> uh, in depth what that really means and if it's true or not. Uh, so... Uh, also been working in the counseling field for who? Some I've been working in mental health mm-hmm. since '05. Yeah, '05. So anything with mental health, I'm pretty sure I can answer it to the best of my ability. But don't know it, I can look it up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, um, you know, our family, man, we. We clown, but we know when when to take the clown off and uh be serious and uh and I appreciate all my family members uh you know I just recently recovered from covid uh, uh about a week no yeah it's been a week about a week yeah it's about, about a week. week about a week uh I was diagnosed positive back in june uh, i want to say the eighteenth yeah, June eighteenth, I think. Uh, so, you know, people, if y'all think this a game, trust me and believe me, it wouldn't. Uh, the only the only thing I did not have was a fever and loss of taste and smell. I went through every one of the symptoms that they list. Other than the respiratory, I had a slight respiratory problem, but I didn't need to be hospitalized. But uh, it is serious. Uh, it is a, I guess you can say disease. Yeah. Disease. At this point, at this point it is. Uh, it is created or it is here to kill people. Um, uh, it. Unfortunately, I lost uh, a homeboy of mine uh, through COVID. Also, uh, also lost another friend with complications through COVID and other health problems. So, uh, people, I'm telling y'all right now, if y'all don't take this serious and stop listening to uh, to number forty five. Because he don't know what the hell he's saying, and he just saying stuff just to be saying it, and don't have not not one clue on what is actually going on because he delegates to his people. But anyway, that's right. That's right. So uh, you did you did mention? Oh well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So you you did you did mention that you you kind of you had different parts of growing up throughout the state. Uh, Louisiana. Yeah. So yeah. it's Alexandria, it's Opelousas, 
Mansfield. Yep. Mansfield. And what was what was by far like your Peabody might have been like the 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 funnest part because that was more you know high school things of that nature, right? So that might have been the the best time. Am I right? Or uh, it's kind of mixed because. You know, I moved here in the middle of my sophomore year in high school. So, growing up in Opelousas and uh, moving from Opelousas, which is kind of like a southern uh, part of Louisiana, uh, and coming to the north, central, it was a culture shock for a lot of people when I moved here. one reason was because I had an accent. Uh, nobody understood what I was saying. <laughs> uh, so that accent broke, and and I started talking from, you can tell, it's a mixture between Alexandria and Hypolusa's, uh accent that I have. So it's, but when you make me mad, the Hypolusas the come out real, real quick, Shaq. Uh, so, uh, to answer your question, it's a mixed feeling because I like Peabody. I did. I, I enjoyed myself at Peabody. But I also liked Appaloosa's senior high and East, East Junior High in Appaloosa because I grew up with those, those, those cats out there and females. Uh, and I knew them, and you know, moving to LA, I only knew my family and whoever friends that that was with, with your brother. <laughs> so that's the only friends I had. So when I moved here in the middle of tenth grade year, most of my friends were seniors with your brother. So <laughs> when they graduated, I had to start over again. I, I'm like, Man, shit, out. What's your name, sir? <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm starting from scratch again, so uh, it was different. Um, people did embrace me once, you know, I got uh, accepted, basically, uh, after they got away with the accent. Uh, they kept on asking me, why you keep answering your question at the end of your question? I'm like, I, I don't know, Shay. You <laughs> know? I don't know, no. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, RTC and drill team—they—they they never saw that uh, until I basically created it at P Rider, uh, and it was—it was a uh, uphill from that. So it, everybody was like, "Man, twirl, twirl a rifle, twirl, do it, do it, do it like you did before." I like, uh, okay, and that's why a lot of people say. You play as capital because you like to twirl shit. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> but, uh, nah. Peabody is a good school. I, I wouldn't turn nobody away from going to Peabody. Uh, I will say Peabody ain't the same, <laughs> but, uh. It's definitely not. It's not even the same from whenever I graduated. So, it, it's totally different, you know. Uh, the band so, is the same. Just man, don't even get me started on the band. Please, please don't stop me on the band. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was that was a soft spot. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. All thirty of them. But anyway, uh, uh, but right. <laughs> they got they, they getting a little better. They are getting a little better. I I, I applaud the band director, band director uh, Lemus, uh, from Gremlin. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's still still need to grow a little bit more. But yeah. It's it's a process. It's one of those one of those things that you know peaks and peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. Yeah, you you go from a two hundred two hundred strong band to thirty. Nah, that 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 it, something ain't right. <laughs> yeah, made major difference. Some some things have happened there in between. But so uh, you definitely do. You did mention you know graduating, being a Peabody alum. Then you mm-hmm. move on. Then you move on to Graham, and then Graham is. Oh my goodness! Like everybody knows that. Go ahead, express your experience, <laughs> sir. I'll, I'll give Graham. I'll give Graham. They flowers. <laughs> I'll give Graham. They flowers. 
If y'all didn't know, I had to bring my cousin, my little cousin, to experience the Gremlin homecoming experience. And he, all I'm going to say is, I had to find my little cousin because he got lost. <laughs> I, I don't know where he went. Uh, I, was, I was lost in a good place. Lost in a good place. The real good place. Yeah, you, you was lost in a good place because I was sitting there like, where is this boy? We about to go to the game. He still ain't made it back here yet. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Cousin DJ. He, uh, <laughs> shout out to Cousin DJ and rest in, rest in peace, KD. We had a, we had a fantastic night that night, but that's, uh, that's one for the books that we'll keep off mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, Graham is one of those special places for those of you who have never been to Graham State University. Um, it's legit, like they say, in between the sticks. It's legit there in between the sticks. <laughs> Uh, it's like this, I don't know, I, I was drunk for so long that <laughs> to me it just looks like one giant street, but I know it's not one giant street. Uh, they have this amazing soul food spot around the corner. They have like, I don't know, it's just, if y'all have never been to Gremlin Homecoming, go for yourself, go see it, go experience it, go, just go, just go, like, y'all, uh, you'll, you won't regret it. And so, um, it's, I've always had love for Graham because, you know, the majority of our family went to Graham and Rick was the only one that went to Southern and, mm-hmm. you know, so by you, he, he could, he couldn't make the right, don't do that, man. don't do that, 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 he was guided in the wrong way, so by you classic Tom, you know, in our family, it's, it's real. It's real interesting. You know, I, I went to UL, so I stay out of the way. So I mean, I, I got love for both. Yeah, between between you and you and your other cousin Nicole, yeah, y'all y'all stayed neutral. Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> I I went to UL, so I can't. You know, I can't really say too much. Shout out to them. Uh, to all them Lafayette times, man. Great times there. So, uh, going from Graham and you, uh, you know, of course you, you pledged capital up there and. Uh, what what pushed you to the Kappa fraternity, uh, brotherhood? Well, while I was at Peabody, uh, they had a program here with the alumni chapter in Alexandria, uh, called the Kappa League. And it was a, a good program where they mentor, you know, black males, um, on how to be a man, how to, uh, how to, think as as a leader uh leadership um so i had those brothers here in alexandria always uh checking on me always making sure i was straight uh i have a god brother that 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 was the pole mark which is the president uh that always uh made sure you know when i came home he checked on me and whatnot uh it it just showed me that they were about brotherhood. They were about making sure kids were taken care of and uh, the community was taken care of. Uh, everybody does a community service uh, in the fraternities, all in the divine uh, man. But the Kappas normally give more to the kids' side than any other frat or sorority. So I'm that was my passion is to give back to kids because you know some kids don't have a, a two parent household or some kids don't have a father figure uh in the home. Not saying that they were raised wrong and nothing like that, but it I have not been proven wrong that every child wants a father figure. Uh, so, so that's what, what the easy part for me to choose. Then also, you know, at Gremlin, uh, the, my line was the first line since 98, 99, and that was 2004 spring that we crossed. Uh, and they didn't have a line for some years and, uh, so our line was the biggest line ever. Uh, so when we came back on the yard, because that's 
that's the fondest memory I have is my probate and going through the uh pledge process. Uh because at that present moment in time, you know, I was I was a singer. And, you know, singers got a lot on their plate uh the last two two uh semesters. So um That's fair. That, that was that was a, a rough time. <laughs> uh so you know when we came up back on the yard, you know, everybody I mean everybody it it felt like homecoming when we came back. It was so many people that they shut down the yard. Like they had to. That was that many people. Um yeah. and we Drove up in, in stretch limos coming out in our, uh, our red, uh, dicky jumpsuits, uh, with our, <laughs> with our black boots. And, but in that song that came on with Jay-Z and <laughs> changed clothes. And we all just changed clothes. Yanked, yanked that off and we had suits underneath. <laughs> so okay. it was, so it, it was, it was very memorable, you know, and, and, uh, my mother, my aunt, uh, at that time, my girlfriend, um, uh, my, my ace, my, my best friend and his friends came down and it was just, it, it was just, it was life, basically. Uh, but that was the longest pro- probate ever. <laughs> Shit, I could have sworn that. I, I could have sworn it lasted two hours. Uh, Shit, I hate, I hate, I hate sitting through twelve people at probate. So I can, you know, what I'm saying it's, yeah. all, it's all love and it's fun, but geez, it, it was, it was thirty of us. So you, you can just imagine. Yeah. So that's all. Okay. Uh, so it, Graham is Graham is. I put it put it this way: if I can go back to Graham. The age of seventeen, eighteen, I would go back because that's how much fun I had. That's how much memories I had. It's just Graham is man. It's nothing like a HBCU. I'm sorry, uh, PWIs. I'm sorry. It's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing like a HBCU because reason being. I know a lot of people are not are going to disagree with me, but oh well, suck it up to people. Talk to people. Uh, nobody's going to take care of African Americans better than an HBCU, like y'all. Uh, and I'm and I'm not playing the race game, but I'm just speaking truth. You know, uh, it's. It's a home away from home. Um, that's the best terminology, uh, metaphor I can I can give you. Because if you didn't eat, <laughs> if you did not eat for the day, you can always find somewhere to eat. Always, because anywhere, anywhere. Uh, people around there made sure the students ate. The student was taken care of. Nobody, nobody uh, starved. <laughs> Uh, it's just, you take care of home and, you know, you know, of course, you know, you got a couple of people, you know, you know, <laughs> brothers and sisters, you know, when they with each other a long period of time, yeah, they fight, they, they have beef, but at the end of the day, they're not going to let nobody come on that campus and disrespect them and not say nothing. So it is. That's why when homecoming come around, I have never missed a homecoming. I'm throwing that out there right now. I have never missed a homecoming. I only missed one Bayou Classic in my whole life. That's how much of a diehard Gremlin Knight I am and diehard HBCU fan I am. Uh, I was so much in love with HBCU that I got my master's from Preview A and M, so it's which is another HBCU, yep. but uh, in a different state. 
But it's HBCUs will take care of home. Um, that's why I I instill in my students that you know they they all want to go to LSU, McNeese, uh, UL, and and ULM, and all those schools. I'm like, okay, cool. Are they giving you scholarships? No, sir. And and <clears throat> that's that's something that I think about too. From time to time, I, I definitely like I, I weigh my experiences, and I've been to Graham a couple times. Some has just been, you know, well, of course, the homecoming year that we went. I forgot what year that was. That might have been 2014. Uh, yeah, that might have been 2014. Or and I think about my experiences at UL and shit, just being on I ten for the majority of my adult life. <laughs> like from Lafayette to Baton Rouge, uh, time in New Orleans and back up, you know what I'm saying? Like back up to even, I even think about my times at NSU in Natchitoches, uh, yep. the experiences I had there. But what I can say is to add to your point about HBCUs is it's nothing like it. It's nothing like it on this planet, uh, <laughs> from the fashion to the jokes, to the <laughs> food, to the to the to the women, Lord have mercy, uh, to just the overall experience that you'll get at an HBCU uh, is it's nothing like it. And I do think about it from time to time. Like, damn, like if I didn't go to if I didn't go to UL, I'm not even going front. I would have ended up in the sticks. I would have ended up right yeah. there in the sticks. But you know, y'all y'all well, y'all know the reason why I didn't go to Grandma. I didn't want to be. Uh, too too close to pops, but at that point in time, but yeah, I, I know. <laughs> but so you think I almost so, sold on TSU though. <laughs> oh no, I was I was sold on TSU. Like for <laughs> for those that do not know, uh, we came out here. This might have been like a couple years uh, right before I graduated high school. This might have been like yeah, mm-hmm. my my the year going into my junior year in high school. We came out here and. Uh, he took me to, to TSU. Oh my God, just how the campus is set up, uh, at that time. And to me, it's only gotten better since I'm a resident of Houston now. And TSU and UH pretty much being directly across the street from each other. Um, <laughs> which is trouble. But anyway, which, uh... which is trouble. And people don't know that. Like, you don't know that you're, that you actually in the hood. Cause people be like, yo, I'm about to go to UH. And then it's like, okay. <laughs> Which, but you know, one street over, you in the hood, player. Yeah, yeah. Watch your head. Watch your head. So, <laughs> you know, you gotta. I definitely do think about it too. I was sold on TSU. Uh, some things didn't work out for me to end up at TSU, but uh, it's water under the bridge and shit. We still ended up in H Town by the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Um. So whenever you you finished up at Graham, and. What did, and what did you what did you graduate in? Did you graduate with a like not grade point average or nothing like that, but your degree? It was was it geared towards? I was about to say don't ask me my grade point average on this on nah, this nah, podcast. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna call you to the cover like that. We're not gonna do that. Gonna do that. Uh, nah, I graduated in leisure studies with a concentration in recreational therapy. Uh, basically. Uh, Working at a psych hospital, uh, rehabilitating, uh, minds with board games and, uh, different games that you can create yourself. So, uh, basically that, that's what recreational therapy was. Uh, so I did, I did that field. Uh, of course, you know, you change your mind a couple of times in college. Because uh, at first I was going to school for uh, physical sports, therapy, sports, that's what I, sports medicine. That's what right? I yeah, wanted. Yeah. So, yeah. so I I went there for that, and I was told at one point that I could do that and go get my master's in physical therapy. And you know, we found out in that we had to do some more prerequisites before they accepted me. And so it it was after I graduated, I came back for a semester to see 
how would that be? Uh, how, how could I get that done? And I say from one semester really, and, and I'm, and I left. Uh, things didn't work out, uh, the way I wanted it to, but, you know, God works in mysterious ways and give you, uh, doors to open and just to put your foot through the door. And that's what happened. Uh, I got a phone call, uh, from a guy, which is a frat brother, uh, shout out to Patrick. Uh, he basically was like, Hey, I heard you looking for a job. I was like, yes, sir. I am. Uh, he said, what exactly you want to do? I'm like, well, I'm graduating in recreation therapy, but you know, I really wanted to do physical therapy, but things didn't work out. Yada, yada. He said, okay, let me ask this question. Point blank. You want a job or not? <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like, excuse me? He said, hell, okay. Hell, yes. He like, he like, aren't you part of the Crimson and Cream uh, Brotherhood? I said, yes, sir, I am. There you go. He like, he like, okay, when can you start? I said, excuse me? He said, well, basically, this is your first interview. You got a second interview in June. Uh, and then we'll, we'll want you here by uh, July 4th. What? Wow. So, I got a job basically off GP and selling myself over the phone. Um, and also being the brother of Cat by the Fat. So, uh, I moved to Houston. <laughs> That's basically yeah. what happened. Um, so, uh, when I first moved to Houston, that was, ooh. Well, I have right. never been. That was right after Katrina, huh? No, right before Katrina. That was before Katrina. I I moved there. Uh, Katrina hit it in 05 of September. Uh, so, yeah, I, I moved months before Katrina hit. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was... I love, I love Houston. I did, I did, I did. I still do. Uh but no. Work yeah. shout out to West West Oak Hospital off yeah. Hornwood. <laughs> yeah. And so like with those with getting that job there and you know, counseling and therapy and things of that nature, why do you feel like uh two part question here. Why do you feel like therapy in our community, the black community, is overlooked and the second part to that is what do you think it takes to get more people into like therapy and counseling and uh you know because me mental health is important yeah uh well the way i feel about mental health in the black community is this it's frowned upon because you know back in the day well, yeah, back in the day, the black community always, your grandma, your your great-grandma, your mamas, your aunties, always just say this phrase, what happens in this house stays in this house. Don't talk about what happened in this house at that school. Don't talk about what happened in this house anywhere, yada, yada, yada. And it became an epidemic. Long before me, long before you, uh, mental health has been a problem in the black community for years, but it is now being spotlighted. Uh, but it was frowned upon because you was instilled not to talk about what happened in the house. You was instilled not to speak of any ill will that happens in your life. And some Sometimes, uh, when you do tell, when they did tell their parents or their loved ones what was going on with them mentally, they tell them to brush it off and, uh, walk it off and worry about it, suck it up. Uh, it's, it was instilled in, in our culture like that. And that's how it's been going. And, all it has been doing is putting a band-aid on a 
internal bleeding problem for our community. And until we reach a understanding that mental health is real, uh, it is going to continue to be a problem. Um, I want to give a shout out to the NFL, NBA, MLB, uh, music stars and superstars because they have put a flashlight on it, but have not done nothing else. Some have not, have not done, uh, nothing else. Prime example, uh, prime example, Kanye. Everybody know that boy has mental, mental issues. Uh, but is anybody really literally helping him with his mental issues? I have yet to see anybody really help him in that endeavor because, you know, I, I don't wish it on upon nobody. I, I don't wish it on anybody to go through what he's been through, you know, uh, wires in his mouth and, uh, uh, lost his mama through plastic surgery. Yeah, on the operation uh, table. On the operation table and it, it, it's been it was downhill from that for for that brother, and I don't think about it, anybody reached out to him. Uh, Mike Tyson. Um, uh, amongst other things for Kanye too, because it's it's like you got being a being a creative person, mm-hmm. and not even just being a creative person, but just being a, a person. Period. Like we we live in our heads twenty five eight. Yep, you know what I'm saying. So being a creative person, it kind of adds to the mental health troubles or issues. Yeah, and the other thing that adds to it is, you know, your experiences in, in school. A lot of people hate to hear this and and talk about it, but bullying is real. Uh, yeah. It it can hurt, damage. or or damage you. Mentally, uh, especially if, you know, you don't tackle it or try to handle it yourself, uh, because that's why a lot of the serial killings in schools happen. That's mo- most likely what triggered it was bullying or, you know, mistreatment of young, young, young adults. Uh, yeah. Columbine happened. Uh, Sandy Sandy Hook happened. It, it's it's different things that trigger those those kids to do that. So it wasn't just mental health. Yeah, it it was the factor, but what the underlying factor was, they went through something that nobody seemed to care about uh, or tried to help them fix it. Um, we don't know what people go through at night. Uh, I'm, I'm going to share a little story real quick. Uh, at the psych, psychiatric hospital that I worked at, you know, we had kids. We had, we had a kid unit, had a, uh, adolescent unit, and we had an adult unit. When I tell you the stories that I heard from kids and those adolescents, I don't wish that upon nobody. Um, it, it it mentally fucked them up. And sticking uh, with And it's not sticking with them. You you created yourself through your child. So your child is gonna do the same thing. You just recreating the cycle. Um so it was this one one girl. This girl did not want to talk to no counselor, no nothing. She she rebelled against all treatments. All she did was sit in the day room, and some of the nurses and techs just let them let them do it, let her do it because they didn't want they didn't want the hassle of her, you know, having a a, a cold or an episode that they had to restrain and and do other things to her. Uh, so one night I, I was like, man, I'm gonna talk to this girl. I make this girl laugh or something. But this good, you can tell she she was in that emo uh, goth stuff. Yeah. So I was like, hey, 
what's your favorite rock band? And she was like, excuse me? I said, what's your favorite rock band? And she, she told me, I said, man, that's not my favorite. She like, what's yours? And bingo. I found a loophole to get her to talk. Yeah. Something that she liked to talk about. Something that people did not want to talk to her about because they were interested in that lifestyle. It's not about you. And I, and I, that's why I tell most teachers and most adults, it's not about you. It's not about your upbringing. It's not about what you want them to do. It's what they're interested in. It's, you gotta conform with, with time. And you can't do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. That's the definition of insanity. Uh, you got to do something different. And after talking with that girl and, and learning a little bit from her, yada, yada, the counselor was there late, and I didn't know that. And the counselor was like, did she just talk to you? I said, yeah, we talked for about 30, 45 minutes. How did you get her to talk? Um, and I told her. And I was like, she was like, what did she talk about? I said, what I just told you about. <laughs> so... She was like, she won't talk to me. I said, well, you got to find a loophole. And I'm not a counselor yet. No, that's that's the part that pissed them off. I was not a counselor yet. I was just a rec therapist. I was supposed to have been gone (laughs) from that unit. But I chose to make a difference in that child's life because nobody was trying to make a change to her. And come to find out, that girl had been raped Damn. numerous times Damn. from her oh, uncle bless. to her mother raping her. Ah, bless. Ah. So it, it it is a lot of kids that go through a lot. I even had one that was very, came from a family that was spiritual and basically her mother did not want her to talk to black black boys. And ain't that story familiar. And she said that black boys were dogs and all they wanted you for was sex. And are you trying to be a hoe or a prostitute? And basically the girl was upset by that because those were her real friends, like for real. Black girls and black black boys were her ace boom coons. And one day, you know, she was hanging out with, with with the black crowd again on that corner and mama found her. And later that night, mama uh basically put on a strap on and raped her daughter. And she Damn. was a virgin. She was a virgin. Wow. And basically kept on telling her you want you want a nigger in in your pussy. I, I got a black deal though. And basically, yeah, messed up for for a long time, for a long period of time. So, um, to go back to your question at, at hand, what can we do to enhance mental health? One thing about it is. I know a lot of white folks gonna hate me for saying this, but anyway, the defunding of the police department, the funds that they're talking about can help with mental health if you do it right. It's just you it, it's it's a systematic system. You just gotta figure out the system and basically put those funds into some kind of program that'll be free for the community if they choose to come. And they got plenty of them at churches. You know, they got grief, uh, grief groups and they got different type of groups. Uh, and I applaud people if they even go to a AA meeting just for the hell of it because you can, you can learn a lot from an AA or NA meeting. You don't have to be an addict. You can go um, and get some type of relief off your chest just by talking. Yes. And that's that's what 
black folks hate about. They don't want to talk about their problems. And by okay. sheltering it and, and putting it on your chest, you're going to re- release it, but you may not release it in a positive way. Um, I think that's why a lot of mur- murders happen. I think that's why a lot of rapes happen. I think that's why a lot of domestic violence happens. Just is just physical, physical crimes. Physical it, crimes is the result of that. It's that's that's what the problem is. Uh, so yes, we have to tackle it in a certain way. Um, maybe maybe instill into the schools from the defunded program to do an hour uh an hour uh session with kids. Um make the kids go to a social skills class to talk about different issues. Um make that class a curriculum. Um yeah. to to make kids talk about issues, you know, that they that they feel is an issue for them. Um and I try to do that in all my school, but hey, it takes so much time, so you might do one school, maybe two schools, but uh one school gonna fall off uh and not get that that assistance. So it takes a lot. Um Yeah. And it's it's so much for you to do for one person. And especially whenever yeah. other schools or faculty members or uh just administration just overall and even school up all the way up to the school boards that they just don't believe in it. If they don't believe in it, it's hard to make a change when it's it's one person. It's one person fighting the battle. And it's uh Yeah, it's it's, it's one of those it's, it's one of those and it's not gonna be tackled overnight. It's gonna take time. So yeah. it's gonna need somebody that that's gonna wanna take that time and put in that effort to push it and not that many people that want to push it is that's the problem Uh, and and so what would you say would be your best practices like uh the people that do listen and you know the people that do want to take up counseling or therapy or just uh just just a different form of stress relief uh what, what would some of the best practices that you would recommend like Journaling, I, rec- I recommend. Okay, everybody use Google. Everybody use Google for different different things. Use Google to Google a counselor near you. Um, the reason why I'm pushing that is because the first thing that I'm gonna say, black folks. That's that's what I know. Uh, first thing black folks question is. Who is he? Who is she? Where's she from? Does she know my people? Does she know uh, such, 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 such? They don't want to be judged. So my the best practice is to Google counselors to see what counselors are near you and to look into it and to see if that person is even – because you want somebody neutral. Because that's what the a counselor is there for. It's, we're not there to give you advice. We're there to just listen. And you, and you, <laughs> and you basically come up with this, with the answer for yourself. Now we'll guide you. We're supposed to facilitate you to that, to that decision. But we're not there to make the decision for you. Um, uh, and that's what some people get confused. What I need a counselor to tell me how I feel, a counselor is not there to tell you how you're supposed to feel. The counselor is there to listen to how you feel, how did you get to that feeling, and where do we go from here. Yes. And that's what a counselor is supposed to do. A counselor is not supposed to tell you, oh, you shouldn't have sucked dick last night. You, you should have did this, this, this. Uh, no, a counselor is not supposed to do that. Uh, which, where you put your mouth is where you put your mouth. That's your choice. Uh, so it's about making choices 
that best fits you and your lifestyle. So Google counselors near you. Uh, read into it. Uh, read into them. See what they, uh, specialty is. Some are specialized in depression. Some are specialized in ADHD. Some are specialized in suicidal thoughts and ideation. Some are specialized in sex education. (laughs) Uh, So it's different specialties that all these counselors have. They can counsel us still, but they just, they have a better understanding of the specialty. So, uh, but... That's how I would tell them to do it. Um, don't wait to the last minute uh, when you hit rock bottom, um, because once you hit rock bottom, it's hard to dig yourself out. Uh, basically, it is to uh, to basically say I don't want them to be hospitalized because they waited too long. Um. Because when you get hospitalized, it's a lot in that in that seven day seven to fourteen days. So <laughs> that's what I would tell them. Basically, yeah. that's and you know that's that's just the truth. Like I and I was I'll share it. Like I I just started therapy uh, not too long ago. I started therapy maybe like two weeks ago, and it's. That shit is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> like it, it's great. It, you know it, what I'm saying? It, because it, it's not it's not a person that one it's it's a person that doesn't know you. Two, exactly. it's a person that's just this person has been through things in their life, and they get a chance to speak to you on all of whatever you 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 choose to share in therapy. And I'm, I definitely recommend it. I definitely do recommend therapy for anybody. Male, female, trans, just whatever. You know what I mean? Like, just go, and, go see therapy. Let me, let me clarify something. Now, there's a difference between therapy. A lot of people say they go to church for spiritual therapy. That's mm-hmm. fine, cool, and, and copacetic. Whatever you like. But that does not help. Mental health. Uh, you have to go through counseling, a therapy. Uh, spiritual therapy is, that's what it is. It's about your spirit. Uh, it's about becoming closer to God, coming closer to your religion type therapy, which is, is good. I don't discredit it whatsoever, but there's a difference between everything. And that's what I want people to understand. Spiritual therapy and mental health therapy are totally different. Yes. And, yeah. and real uh, rehabilitation therapy is different. It's different types of therapies. And if they remember what I was talking about, recreation therapy is a therapy. Uh, it's just different type of therapy and counseling sessions. So it's just you got to know what, what you're going through. So it's best to research it and then make a decision. Um, there are apps out there uh, that you can download to your phone that will give you a quiz uh, on your mental health um, and what kind of uh, help you need. They give you uh, examples of what, what you can do. Um, they even offer online therapists uh, to some of those apps. Uh, so there's ways to do therapy without making your head hurt. <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it's easy. It's easy to get therapy. It's just if you want it. Yeah, you have, and, you have to be and, open to it. And I tell this to everybody: you got to want to change to let somebody help you change. I can want and want and want and. And you don't want to change it. So your therapy is basically bullshit. It's BS. So first thing, you you got to make a choice. Do you want to change the way you 
feel about yourself. You want to change the way you feel in the morning, feel in the afternoon, feel at night. Uh, you feel, all those things. You got to want to change that. And your therapist is not the one that is going to make you change. You're going to make the change yeah, by listening, by listening and, and, and talking about the issue. All facts. All facts. And so this is the part of the show right here. Um, that's, that's really well said about, about therapy and counseling because that is a, that is a good point. People, it's, there's spiritual healing, like you said, and then there's mental healing, like you said. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I, and I believe that all of us, we, all of us humans walk on this planet. We've been through something that has either changed or warped or, uh, made us look at things different or people different. And sometimes some of those memories and those episodes just stick with us for life. And, uh, so that's, that's very well said. And I appreciate that for you spreading that word right there like that. And this part of the show right here, I'm introducing a brand new game. Um, oh, this is called, <laughs> so you're going to be the guinea pig for this one. So, oh, uh, oh okay. <laughs> so this game here is called Tempo. And this is going to be a series of questions. Answer them. And then we'll go ahead and move on to the B block part of the show, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, first, we're going to start off with uh, some. Uh, we'll start off with if you had to build your Mount Rushmore and of people. <laughs> okay. Who would go, who would go on your Mount Rushmore? And how, how many people can you pick? Uh, let's say four. Let's say four people. I. Mine would be, okay, how would I put this? You got to go in a certain order? Uh, I can tell you what else. No, no, it could, it, could, it could be anybody. Okay, all right. Uh, Martin Luther King, um, Malcolm X, Obama, and... Who would be that last? That, that fourth one tough. That fourth one tough. It's tough. Who who would be that last? Hmm. Yeah. The last one I would have to say so I can be neutral. It'll have to be either okay. I'm I'm pick two people: Abraham Lincoln or JFK. Okay. All right. Well, now, why JFK? Now that that's it. That's interesting. I wasn't expecting that one. JFK was one of the only presidents that understood what Martin Luther King was trying to do. Hmm. And the reason why he was assassinated is because he was helping Martin Luther King accomplish that. So you have to applaud because I know it's a, it's a difficult time right now. You know, everybody at odds. But the truth of the matter is we can't accomplish anything separate. You, you're going to, we're going to need a white person. <laughs> I'm just saying, you're going to yeah. need white people. Yeah, yeah, you need white people. You, you need white people to help you with your cause. So, he is a prime example, him and, and Abe Lincoln, a prime example of Caucasians that took the initiative to try to change the way the world was going. Okay. And, and that's why I picked those two uh as my last because I want people to realize you you still need white folks. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh not saying uh you gotta, you know, uh sell yourself out, but 
I don't want them to be dumbfounded and think that they can accomplish this just by ourselves. We can't. I'm sorry. No, it's the truth. Not have it. It's the truth. And so, okay, so we got that Mount Rushmore there. And um, what are your three pet peeves? Three pet peeves. Uh, damn. Yeah. Damn, you put me on the spot there. Uh, <laughs> my three pet peeves. One, okay. I'm, I'm going to give them two different, three areas. In my work area, my pet peeve is a kid uh, not talking. And what I mean by that is if I'm trying to help you and your mouth is shut and you don't want to talk, that 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 irks the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, because you because you you here to help. I'm I'm here to help, but you you just quiet. Then another pet peeve is the word snitches. I'm not snitching. Like what? That's a pet peeve of mine. I know I I know I'm. I'm the one to, to tell because uh, <laughs> I, I used to tell, we used to tell you when you was little. Don't you tell? Don't you tell your mama what we did? Uh, but fact of the matter is, what I'm what I'm talking about snitching is you heard, you heard me pause, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. I I had I had to correct myself. Okay, there's a difference between tattletelling and snitching and, and snitching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, it's totally different. It's totally different. Uh. <laughs> snitching I, I just I just can't stand it when when a kid or adult say man I ain't snitching man I ain't no snitch so you gonna do a dub for another nigga <laughs> that you didn't you weren't even at the place so you just not gonna say nothing but you know who did it shit don't do nothing around me yeah. I am a snitching <laughs> <laughs> Cause I ain't going to jail for you. I'm sorry. Then the last pet peeve is I'm going to do a dating one. Um, oh. One pet peeve with dating is this. When you are mad, tell me you mad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't don't hold it in, and then later on be like, you know, I was mad at you early on. No, I didn't. I'm 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 I don't read uh, riddles. I I don't know what to. I'm not a mind reader. That's not say, me. Say something. But yeah, I, I hate it when I can't say nothing unless you unless you. I can't fix nothing unless you help me fix. Is that? I, 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 you know, I, don't, I don't know what you mad at. <laughs> yeah. All right. And so, okay. Uh, those are good. Those are good right there. And then, so if you had a uh, a, a destination city, like a uh, place that's on your bucket list to go to, what is the city or the country? Uh, Jamaica. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've never been there. I always wanted to go there. Well, there's two different de- destinations I wanted to go. I've never been. There's Jamaica, and then there's Italy. I always wanted to go to Italy. I don't know what part of Italy, but damn it, I want to go to Italy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Straight up. Straight up. Okay. <laughs> and then, so, what is your, your, what is your motivation? Like, what, what keeps you going every day to uh to just to just keep pushing like what is it like does your motivation ever change yeah your motivation should change your motivation should change uh at least every year or every other year uh if that if if not sooner uh so my motivation right now is Basically, to leave a mark in this world that I help somebody through something. Um, yeah. That's my motivation. 
Um, it's not always about you. It's if you can help. If I can help one out of twenty-five people that I talk to, I accomplish, I accomplish my goal for the day. Um, That's you you got to do one by one. It, and if you think you're going to change the world just because you said you're going to change the world, uh, brother, you, a uh, sister, you, you got another thing coming because it, it takes a lot more work ethic to get it done than what you think. Um, and the other motivation is my family. Um, I'm very family oriented. Uh, people that know me, uh, some of my friends have been adopted into the damn family. So, awesome. <laughs> so, so it, when I say family, is it, if I have that respect for you to call you family. Um, yeah, everybody don't get that title. Everybody don't get that title. And so. Everybody can't pull up on the holidays. I promise everybody cannot. I, I'm telling you, I'm putting it out there right now. Don't y'all pop up at. At the hall residence, thinking y'all gonna eat some uh, th- Thanksgiving uh, turkey at any of them, and especially <laughs> if I ain't seen you in the past two, three years. If if, if I ain't seen you right there at the corner of Jones Street, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I ain't if I ain't never seen you there, and you know we got we got a new a lot of new family members all of a sudden, but uh, I think we both know why. But we have a whole bunch of new family members all of a sudden. But hey, that's. I, I guess we'll save that for later on in the show, right? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Say that later. That was episode seven with Counselor Chico. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to part one of this episode with Counselor Chico. Um, shortly, we'll be releasing part two to Counselor Chico. Um, make sure that you subscribe to wherever you subscribe to all your podcasting, and make sure that you subscribe to my YouTube channel at Marty Manziel as we'll be releasing video uh, footage for the upcoming episodes. Thank y'all for tuning in and be tuned in for part two. Peace.